hey guys, what's happening? (laughs) So some funny, funny stories. I used to do little video journals of just whatever was happening. Once a month, I would do these video journals and I would always start them out with that what's happening from Lumberg's line from office space. It just kind of stuck. You know, it's like, it's like how I sign off all my podcasts with keep yourselves alive. You know, it just was one of those things that I just kept saying over and over and it never went away. So what's happening? And I apologize up front because I'm kind of blah, blah, blah today. And I fully anticipate I will have some weird moments of Oh, forgetting what I'm saying or blonde moments. And I would ordinarily, whoa, (laughs) here we go. Oh my gosh. The randomness is starting. Usually I'm sitting and thinking very, very hard about my podcast episode of what I'm saying. And I'm not doing a queen deep dive today. I'm diverting from queen because every once in a while I like to talk about something different and I'm kind of standing up and walking around as I do this too. So if I trip on something and fall, That will be hilarious too. And I will just keep that and we'll go forward with all of the muck-ups and mistakes and weird noises and all of that jazz. But today, I'm finally getting to my point of today's episode. This is randomness at its finest, mind tangents. I'm all about the great game Escape. I was talking to a friend about one of my very favorite games I used to play all the time as a kid. And... Honestly, right now, I just kind of want to think about stuff that I used to love when times were simple. And I thought life was hard, but it really wasn't. And childhood was in full force and preteen years were great. And the emergence of amazing video games with incredible imagery was coming out and just so much happening in the world of games that if you loved fantasy or getting away from your life and immersing yourself in another world, this was like the thing. I just had a thought about, what was it, Second Life on The Office with Dwight? (laughs) Second, second life. All right, enough of these tangents. So before I get into the game that got me thinking about this and reminiscing so much, I want to start at the very beginning and let's play the game. Everybody play the game. You know I had to throw a little queen in there. (laughs) It had to be there. All right. Pitfall. Anybody remember Pitfall? What was that? Atari? That was one of the first game memories I have. Aside from the little Nintendo, the Game Boys or the little Donkey Kong things. What fun those were. Oh my gosh. My sister had one of those and I practically stole it from her. But Pitfall was one of the first platform games I ever played and I would get lost in it. It was at my my aunt and uncle's house. And a lot of times I would disappear downstairs and just play that game for hours. Then there came, what was it, Breakout on the computer? One of the first computer games I played. And my dad was a tech sergeant in the military. So we had a computer from a very, when, when I was at a very young age, I think I was one of the first kids I knew that had a computer. Same thing with the internet. I was one of the first I knew to, to be able to go online. But games like Breakout, and Scorched Earth, oh my gosh, you guys, Scorched Earth was literally, you would play the computer, but it was tanks and you would bomb each other from either side of the screen. (laughs) And you had like big nukes and little nukes and it was fun. It was a very pixelated, kind of crudely put together graphic, but it was a lot of fun. 
And what else was there? Willie Beamish was another one where it actually had a storyline. One of the first ones I remember like that. SimCity. Yeah, the original SimCity. And I would sit there and generate area after area to get like the perfect island to build my city on. And I would always go into the terrain editor and tweak it and add little peninsulas and make bigger lakes and more trees. I loved the creation process. I'm like that now. When I'm working on music, nothing is ever done. I have a really hard time saying something is finished. I appreciate feedback and criticism because it's easier for someone to say, Charlie, that's done. You don't need to do anything else to death. To, 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 to dish to this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I told you. Today is randomness. So for me to walk away from something and say it's done is a big deal. And it was the same thing in SimCity. I could work in that game forever and just build and build and build. And it was fun to create this whole city of people. And I played The Sims as well, but I didn't get into that quite as much. I, I guess that's a lie. <laughs> I guess I got into The Sims quite a bit for a time, especially Sims 2, I think it was. But one of the games that had such a massive impact on me and ruled my world for a few years was the King's Quest series, which I think was Roberta Williams. It was her brainchild. She was amazing. And it was a whole world, a whole family, a whole world. I think the first one I played and fell in love with was King's Quest V. And this was a game changer of a game. I mean, it was a, it was a computer game, PC game. And it was, I think, the first time you could use your mouse cursor to do things, right? Because before, I know it sounds silly now, but you had to type things. If you wanted your, your character to go to a different screen, you had to type that. If you wanted it to talk to something, you had to type it. But in King's Quest V, you could use your mouse cursor and click on characters and creatures and, and make your character do things and say things. It was amazing. And there were soundscapes. There were themes of song for different characters. And you actually had to go, you know, save somebody. You had to go save your family from the evil sorcerer and get your castle back. You know, you had a mission. It wasn't just playing a game with, with no point or just to destroy your foe. There was actually a, a, a positive outcome at the end of all this. And sometimes it would take weeks to play these games and you got points and it was a whole lot of fun. But King's Quest was so amazing. The fifth one was absolutely incredible. Some very cool, funny moments as you went through this story of trying to save your family. And then the sixth King's Quest was even more amazing. It had these very cinematic snippets of almost like a film as you saw these interludes of what was happening in the story. And you got to go to the underworld and there were skeletons and there were riddles to get past the door of, of death and then to... to go back to the land of the living and how to defeat death and like, you know, just really super deep creative stuff that I loved because being this huge Lord of the Rings geek, this was right up my alley. I absolutely loved this stuff. And I remember having to have certain things on your character, like a gem or peanut butter or, or a shoe or totally random things that you had to have on you to proceed past a certain point. And if you didn't have it, you had to go all the way back and start over again. It was just, it was frustrating, but the satisfaction was so amazing when you got to the end. And I think Man, one of, one of my favorite things from King's Quest VI was the catacombs. And there was a minotaur in there. And you just, oh my gosh, just 
incredible imaginative storytelling and really freaky too. This The soundtracks in these games, I still, it kind of creeps me out to this day. It was very effective and affecting and just, wow, really did a lot to make me want to read more. I love stories and Lord of the Rings and such, but I was never a big reader. And as I got older, I started to want to read more because of games like this one, like King's Quest. Then there were the comical spinoffs like Space Quest, which had a lot of fun, crude humor in it. I, I remember there were little games within that game where you had to like drive this speeder over these over this desert planet landscape. And if you hit a rock that was too big, you would go flying <laughs> in the air. It's just stuff like that that was so comical and funny and it made it very interesting or or you'd see off in the distance when you came onto the next screen like Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi fighting <laughs> with their lightsabers and they'd fade down the hall. It was just stuff like that that you're like, okay, I hope they got permission <laughs> to do stuff like that. And let me see. There was another one, Quest for Glory. It was a lot like King's Quest, but you got to choose what occupation you had. Like if you're a warrior or a thief, and it ultimately changed your character development and the story and the way you did things. So it was like those books where you used to choose this this avenue or that avenue, and depending on what you decided, the whole story was different. It was the whole butterfly effect thing. And I love that, that you had that versatility within a game, that it was built that way, that you could go in and do those things. But oh man, I... I I want to talk now about the game that I was so obsessed with and that I was talking about with my friend. And that game is the one, the only amazing, massively successful first person shooter, Doom. This game really was the result of the very impressive Wolfenstein 3D, which I also played a lot. And there was another game called Catacombs 3D, which is very similar, but you were a sorcerer. And that one was pretty freaky because there were these just big old groves of trees that would come to life and come at you in the dark. It was very Ent-like, but very, very creepy. And there were monsters in the, in the catacombs. It was creepy. But where was I going with this? Doom. So I had a very unhealthy obsession with Doom. And I say that because this game, while it was still very pixelated, I mean, it was one of the first of its time. So it was not very, it wasn't very detailed and graphic, but this thing was creepy and spooky and, and kind of violent. I mean, you're, you're a Marine on Mars and you're on your, your military base where everybody's been either turned into like a zombie thing or they've been killed because there's been this opening of like the hell's mouth door and all these demons are coming through it. And I mean, the only good thing in the game is you're actually destroying demons, but you're still, you're still shooting things, right? And so you had all these things like rocket launchers and, and guns and things you could use. But what I really loved about the game the most was the different creatures. There were like 20 or 30 different creatures, like like the um, the cacodemon or the, what was it? The mancubus, I think it was called. And one of my favorite ones was um, The Revenant, which I remember when the movie The Revenant came out and I was like, I wonder if that's like a Doom spinoff. <laughs> I couldn't have been more wrong. But The Revenant was this kind of skeletal looking creature that had a rocket launcher strapped to its its ribs. And it, it, ooh, it was freaky. It would shoot these heat-seeking rockets at you and it would punch you if it got close to you. And oh my gosh, my very, very favorite creature though 
was Archvile. And Archvile appeared in, I'd say, about the middle of Doom 2, finally, in one of those levels, Archvile appeared. And Archvile is this sort of emaciated-looking humanoid figure thing that looks almost skeletal, kind of tall, huge hands with these long, long claw-like fingers and would laugh at you from a distance. You could hear it like this distant laugh on the wind. So creepy. Sounds male, but I mean, really could be anything. It's just creepy sounding. And it could make these explosions that would blow you in the air and and inflict massive amounts of damage from a great distance. And so this was a very, very creepy foe (laughs) when you came across Archvile. And it was my very favorite creature. Loved encountering this thing, even though it scared me to death and still does when I think about that laugh and the way it would make you explode and ricochet you through the air and off the walls. It was just creepy, creepy stuff. But I loved the game because of the diversity in the levels. There were like 25, 30 levels in Doom 2, and they all had a unique soundtrack, and they were all through the very ancient early computer sound blaster boards. So so it was rock music, but it was kind of cheesy sounding. In fact, I might link to that soundtrack because it's very impressive for what it is. And fun fact, the Queen song, More of That Jazz, has a guitar riff. I swear, there is a riff in Doom 2, and I can't think of the episode, but it's in there. It sounds just like the More of That Jazz riff. Seriously, if it isn't that riff, it is very inspired by it. I remember I I figured it out and I sent it to my mom and I was like, mind blown. But you guys, I loved Doom. I absolutely loved it. And Doom 3 was not a big a thing for me. I tried to play it and it was almost too spooky because they totally changed it. It became more creepy sneaking through halls without as much interaction with creatures and monsters. See, in Doom 2, it's a whole lot of monsters all the time. You get used to it. And it's still kind of crudely graphic design. So you're not dealing with things as detailed. But Doom 3 was more detailed, more realistic, very creepy, and minimal sound, right? You don't have the rock and fun music anymore. It was very minimal. So it was even creepier. It was very claustrophobic. And then the latest Doom that came out, I think it's the latest, I saw all the previews for it and it blew me away. I thought, wow, this is amazing, but I almost don't want to play it. Because again, we're so realistic. This is what freaks me out with games nowadays. They're so realistic. They were fun back then because they were silly looking. But nowadays, everything looks so real. It's almost too much for me to take. I mean, I haven't tried playing them. Man, I loved Doom 2. I loved it so much. And all of that kind of stuff where you could just kind of get lost at the end of the day. And if you had a rough one, you could just blow up a cacodemon. It was fun because you knew it was just silly playing the games. But my mom, I think she thought I played it too much because back then, I think we had Doom on a drive and you could literally lock with a key a computer drive so people couldn't put discs in it. And my mom did that a few times and said, I don't want you playing that game for a little bit. (laughs) I think she was worried. I turned out okay. Hey. Oh my gosh. That reminds me of that line from Groundhog Day where Phil goes off the cliff with the groundhog and Larry says, he might be okay. (laughs) And then the the truck explodes and he goes, well, no, probably not now. (laughs) Oh man, you guys, tangents. It's about doom. Doom is amazing. Was amazing, is amazing. But really I should be talking about the be all end all of all computer games 
the beginning of everything, the massively multiplayer online role-playing game, the biggest MMORPG that started it all, EverQuest. Oh, I played this game religiously for years. I never missed work because of it. A lot of people did. They became so obsessed. World of Warcraft was like that. And by the way, EverQuest was first, and it spawned so many spinoffs of these online role-playing games that just became everything. But back when I played it, you didn't even have a headset yet. You had to type everything to everyone. But it was still just, again, it was about the world building. It was the the epic landscapes, the lands, the, the cities, the towns, the characters, the diversity of the characters. You could choose to be any race, any creature. You could be a paladin, a warrior, a sorcerer, a wizard, a bard. I was a bard. You could be a ranger. There were so many different talents and skills you could build. And you could you could work for months and years to max out your characters to this amazing accomplishment. There was so much personal accomplishment to be had with that game. It, it was so addicting, but, but it was so collaborative. The camaraderie was real because you're playing with all these people around the world in some situations. I got to know some people from across the pond. I, I personally met people I played with that I met with in the game at a Renaissance fair. It was, an, it was amazing to, to play this game with these people because usually when you get that immersed in this game, this is, your, this is your tribe. This is your crowd. This is what you all love. And so you're deeply into it. And a lot of people would go on to the role-playing servers where you had to be in character and speaketh like Shakespearean. You know, <laughs> you had to be all about the character and literally play the game that way. I never did that, but I was very much into it and I loved my character. She was a elf bard, strawberry blonde hair, two short swords, magical, full plate armor. I took great pride in this character and I worked hard to get her where she was and get to know people. And I remember going on little raids with the same people a few times and I was actually invited into a guild because one character, he was a wood elf ranger. He watched me. I know it sounds creepy, but he, he raided with me a few times and he liked my technique and what I was doing. And I was apparently worthy of their guilds, I guess, characteristics of what they were looking for. And so I became a member of this guild and it was such an honor. And we all kind of had a hierarchy system. You know, it wasn't just, it wasn't just a free-for-all. We were very strategic and that's what was fun. It was, it was collaborative. And, and you would go on these massive raids with people. And I liked being in the front. So I was a frontline bard. A lot of bards would, would stand back and, and let the warriors and paladins and everybody go up front and fight all of the mobs. But I liked being up front because I could lull certain monsters to sleep and I could pull one monster at a time by, by singing these, these enchanting songs as they were. And I had my, my sword so I could fight, but it, it was, it was fun to become sort of this dual wielding and frontline bard that I liked being in the thick of the battle, but I liked singing the songs and it was great to sing songs to give people courage or more health back or more strength. You know, it was just that kind of stuff. Yes. I'm geeking out. And honestly, I can't remember the land that EverQuest was set in now. What was it called? Did it begin with an F? Oh my gosh, you guys. I used to live and die by it. But I mean, I printed out like the whole list of, <laughs> of spells Bards had and I geeked out about everything. 
But I think one of my favorite things to do in EverQuest was when I was max level and I could go anywhere, pretty much take care of anything on my own, I would I would team up with these lower level characters that desperately needed experience to, to build up their skill set. And I would take them to forests that were creepy and I would help them by assisting as they got more experience in battles and I would help them fight down these foes and these enemies and I would let them take the ultimate final kill because that would give them the experience, you know, and and they could build up their characters. It was just fun to do that kind of stuff and to actually be a helpful teacher and to teach people how to do things. That's what I really, really enjoyed was the interaction with people. And yeah, a lot of them, you never really get to know them, but I did get to know some people very well. And yes, I got to meet them in person and they were delightful and they were fun and they were kind. And it just, I still am friends with those people, some of them to this day. And I value those experiences a lot because of the nostalgia. And I would come home and jump on that game right away. I would get up on the weekend and jump on it right away. I had raid dates <laughs> with massive groups of people. And you would coordinate these big strategies. No, you guys are going to be up front and you're going to come in from the sides on the flank. And it was just, it was amazing the lengths we would go to to raid these crystal dragons and get these things for people. And just, I digress, but I loved this stuff. And I did some other games online, like Fantasy Star Online. Was that Xbox? And then Lord of the Rings Online. Dungeons and Dragons Online was fun too. But I don't think any of those beat EverQuest. And I never played EverQuest 2. There were some people that jumped from from 1 to 2. And they admitted that EverQuest 2 looked more beautiful, but there were certain qualities of EverQuest, uh, the original EverQuest, that just couldn't be beat. So I think... That was like the golden age of online gaming was when everything started to come out with these collaborative worlds. And, and I mean, I think you were still on dial-up at the time. You had to be on, the, on a phone line to connect to the internet. And it would take like 10, 5, 10 minutes to load from one zone to the next. But oh, it was worth it. It was so fun to meet up with people and just play the game. Everybody play the game. But that is it. I just wanted to talk about games today. I wanted to talk about something silly and not Queen for once. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I want to get back to Queen. (laughs) I never stay away for very long, but I thought this was a good topic to tackle today as I think about happy things and fun things and makes me want to read some more. I'm right in the middle of trying to read The Silmarillion again by J.R.R. Tolkien, and I never finished the book. I need to get through it. Here's to getting through a book. Here's to gaming. What kind of games do you play? Do you like board games? Do you like card games? I used to play Sorry, Game of Life. I used to play Stratego with my sister. But I really, really liked the online games and Doom. Go check those things out. Just You can watch whole walkthroughs of Doom on YouTube. You can watch snippets of King's Quest and you can listen to the soundscapes and the soundtracks. Very impressive. What a fun job to write music for games. I would take that job. Give me that job right now. I'll take it. In the meantime, keep yourselves alive. Play the game. Shiny people play the game.